Welcome to episode 38 of Insecurity. This week we discuss the Ashley Madison breach. We get into their current state of affairs. Visit our website at in-security.org to leave comments, view the show notes, and more. Also follow us on Twitter at Insecurity Show. Like, subscribe, or leave us comments on iTunes and send us email to feedback at in-security.org. My name's Matt. And my name is Max. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm so excited. I think this time, you know, take eight, we're actually up and running. Cool. And it's been over 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, it has been. It's been like at least 11. So, you know, this one's a keeper. Oh, I have no idea what's going to end up happening. Whatever it is, it's going to fill me with rage. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a good way to spend your vacation. Sounds like a great way to start my vacation. I'll tell you what. Happy vacation. Thanks, buddy. Turns out I've got, uh, I got two weeks of vacation and I get to spend most of it trying to put back together that recording. Uh, it looks like somehow I've managed to, you know, windows 10 my way into losing, uh, all of the editing that I'd done previously. So fortunately all of the files are saved it's just going to be a question of editing which is great with my time off are you really going to blame that on windows 10 oh i don't know i'm going to blame everything on windows 10 until we do a show about it oh and then i can learn nice was that was that a segue i don't actually know what we're talking about today oh yeah not much i just wanted to touch base quickly and i I think there's enough information out there about uh the ashley madison breach oh yeah we can actually make a worthwhile show from it. I just want to provide kind of an alternative perspective to it than, you know, maybe other people are giving. That sounds like an excellent show. So let me try and retool a segue that wasn't a segue. You know, you've got this really faithful, dependable workstation and and you trust it with basically your files and stuff like that. And then, you know, perhaps you want to experiment and try a new version of an operating system, but you don't want to lose the old one. So you don't just like cut it off and go to the new one. Maybe, maybe you experiment a little bit. Maybe you spend a night in bed with windows 10. I've gone, uh, I've gone behind old faithful windows sevens back and I've, uh, I've installed windows 10 on a secret hard drive. That's completely separate. <laughs> windows seven doesn't get to know anything about this. Yeah. Well, what, what happens if windows seven sees that you're, playing around in the editing suite of windows 10 if you know what i mean and then suddenly boom you lose your files well i wasn't really thinking that that would be the case what i was suspecting oh, would oh, happen you weren't thinking you weren't thinking that the other operating system might all of a sudden care about the things that you've been doing with your life no i just don't think that there's any way it could possibly ever find out well wait a minute what it's sharing my files what what if the partitions my my my, it's sharing my files Mm. what if you dabble in one operating system next thing you know you get some sort of you know virus or something like that and then you go back to your nice safe one and then that's infected and now you have no home because you've ruined everything good grief that is ham-fisted hey let's talk about ashley madison that was totally ungraceful and terrible two and a half minutes of segue i think that's the perfect way to do it. Two and a half minutes of edited cutting room floor. I don't. I want to do some housekeeping mm. just really quickly while we're talking about things that should be ending up on the cutting room floor. There was a comment left on the website in-security.org and we had a, one of the listeners ask very astutely, you had mentioned that you were reading a, a book that you were quite enjoying and uh, we had accidentally neglected to 
leave the the information in the show notes. It was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yes. Thanks for leaving the comment. We hope that this is, you know, not a couple of years too late <laughs> since that show was a little old. But the comment was real fresh. Real fresh. Spelled P-H. Depends when I edit this and release the episode. I'm sure it'll still be a couple of years old. I apologize for that. Moving right along. Yeah. What, uh... What did you want to talk about this week? I gave up on the segue because it got too ridiculous. So what you been up to, Matt? Oh, my God. Uh, cheating on my wife. What? You're not married. Disclaimer. Neither of us are cheating on anybody. We're now about to talk about a website where people do that. Right. So don't read anything into any of these really awkward segues. <laughs> that's, that's safe to say and good to say. Uh, all right. So now, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Ashley. Right. Right, right. You remember how we were talking about that Sony Pictures hack back in uh, episode 32? The Sony Pictures hack. Yes. Breach Apocalypse? Yes. Remember how, like, somebody hacked into their systems and stole all of their datas and sent out, like, uh, yeah, you know, an extortion letter to them? I do remember that. Yeah, so essentially that's the same thing that happened to the guys at Avid Life Media, the the folks that bring websites such as AshleyMadison.com right. and EstablishedMen.com. So they were breached back in uh, mid-July, and they had the same type of pop-up screen when they loaded up their laptops of something being displayed on their screen saying basically, uh, you guys have to take down... Ashley Madison and established men. Otherwise, we're going to leak all your datas. So established men being the other site that these guys or one of the other main sites that these guys have. Right. Yeah. So Ashley Madison's tagline is something like uh, life's short, have an affair. And they're basically marketing themselves as a dating website for married people, whereas established men is there to get successful men to meet younger women. That's that's their thing. Okay. All right. So yeah, these people said that those websites are are bad and need to be taken down. And there was like an image on their screen basically saying this and Thunderstruck by ACDC playing in the background. So nothing really happened. Wait a minute, wait a minute. In our last episode, we were talking about the Mr. Robot show, and they were saying specifically, oh, I've never heard of a singing virus. And so what you're saying now is they had made a singing virus that was saying, Take down Ashley Madison! (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Except for it wasn't animated. I think that was the the problem that they had in in with the hackers movie was that there was this animated guy going, unless you take down blah 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 in twenty four hours, blah blah blah, sink oil tankers. Wasn't he singing Row 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 Your Boat? But like <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. But sort of how from like when the power was running out? Daisy Daisy. Uh, yes, you're right. Okay. So basically singing virus, but not animated virus. And that's, that's all they were missing. I guess so. Huh? Yeah. So chalk went up for a 25 year old movie hackers. There you go. Hackers. I've always stood by it. I've stood behind it. 
every step of the way. Right. So, yeah. So after the singing virus, nothing really happened for a while. Oh, uh, the people who had done the breach, though, I guess I should <laughs> say that they claim themselves to be a hacking group called Impact Team, which nobody had heard of beforehand, much like the Sony breach. Right. And nobody had heard about the Guardians of Peace before the breach. So there's something called OPSEC, which is operational security, which is just like they got their stuff together. Uh, so they're not easy to find out who did it, which is what you'd expect with modern day bad guys, I guess. So they uh, they released a few details of people that they uh, had collected the information from the breach on just to prove that they you know, had some information. So the Avid Life Media major departments said, this is uh, not a big deal. You know, we're working with the Toronto Police Services. We're working with the RCMP. We're working with the FBI. Uh, and we basically know it. We, we know who's this person was. And I assume they know that who the person was because they saw their ID being used. But... <laughs> Right. Attribution is hard, right? Just because you saw somebody's ID being used doesn't mean it's actually that person. So they're going on the the CEO of Avid Life Media at the time. Spoiler alert. His name was Noel Biederman. And he said, I'm looking at the guy's file right now as he was being interviewed by Krebs on security. He says, I know who this guy is. He's not an employee. But he had access to our technical services. Fine. They thought they knew who the guy was. And they were also saying things like, look, there's no credit card numbers that are being exposed here. We don't capture credit card numbers. It's just not a thing that we do. We're PCI certified, which is something that companies have to do. who are accepting you know, credit card numbers over them based on uh, payment card industry regulations. So there was they were saying, well, we don't capture this because that would be a violation of PCI and we don't do that. So that's not a problem. They can't possibly have that. But, you know, a month after that initial breach became public, 9.7 gigabytes of information that was a dump from Ashley Madison's user base databases was put online. And it contained things like credit card dumps, contained things like user profile dumps. You know, preferences for what type, what people are into and what they're looking for. Uh, so it was an interesting, salacious piece of information that basically said uh, that the folks who are running Ashley Madison were lying. Ashley Madison is a website that was established back in 2001, by the way. I should probably mention that. And then the Umbrella Corporation of a Avid Life Media was formed out of that. And then they got into, you know, doing other, other venues. Okay. So it's been around for a while uh, and it's based out of the Toronto area. Okay. But now it's worldwide. And at the time of the breach, they were saying that they had 37 million users. And those numbers are, are interesting because they change. One of the other things that the impact team had claimed, like um, as a motivation, other than, you know, them taking an ethical stance on infidelity and... What they're saying is the establishment is basically like a prostitution type uh, scenario or like human trafficking type stuff. So they said, other than that, you know, on top of it, you're just completely fraudulent as a company. And AshleyMadison.com offered this uh, delete your profile for $19. 
they had a, you know, you can stop publishing stuff and just let your account go inactive. But if you wanted all traces of your account gone, pay them $19 and they will, you know, securely erase everything that has to do with your profile and it just will disappear from their systems. It's inaccessible to anybody. And so then these guys had, these guys were saying that it didn't actually exist. Yeah. The impact team were saying that that was completely fraudulent, that although they were charging the money for it, you know, they were still just making flags say, don't access this information. When, when you look at a computer system, you've got the website up front, you've got the application servers behind it, and you've got databases as well, right? So they're just putting flags over it. The data was still in the database. The application server was just not allowed to access that data from the database for the people that offered the money. So when they got compromised and all of their information was sucked out of the database, lo and behold, that information was still there. Are we 100% on that? I'm not 100% on anything in this. Or, you know, another possibility is always that they had backed up the information into another server and that those backups were actually accessed by the impact team. So they were able to extract that data and perhaps they actually did uh, erase the information. Erase the information from the original database, but not from their backups. Right, from the live database. Okay. And, and managing backup information can get a little complicated. So, I mean, that's another believable scenario. But still, you would think if you're paying extra money to have your information removed, that they would be thorough. Right. When all of this information came to light about exactly when they were hacked and about some of the details that uh, the Avid Life Media employees were seeing, it was through a t- Toronto Police Services press conference that was happening. And they had disclosed at the same time that Avid Life Media was putting out a bounty on the head of the impact team. So if you could identify members of the impact team leading to their arrest, you could get half a million dollars. And was this the law enforcement that was putting out this bounty or was this Avid Life Media? Yeah, it it was Avid Life Media. The Toronto Police Services were just communicating that. Okay. It's a kind of Crime Stoppers type reward. That's all well and good. Sorry. So at this point, we're talking about this 9.7 gigabytes. That was the initial dump. Yeah, the initial dump, 9.7 gigabytes, had some details of the Ashley Madison website. Nothing about established men. Nothing about any of the other stuff under the Avid Life Media brand. It was just Ashley Madison stuff. And people had assumed, well, that's everything there is to know about them. A little while later, Impact Team released another dump. It was a 30 gigabyte dump. 13 gigabytes of that were compressed emails. It had source code from within the organization of how they were making their websites and all the different features within it. And it had communications between the you know CEO and all the employees and their CTO and all the management and down. Yeah. And it also had you know, established men information in this now as well. Okay. Do we know whether after this first dump, there was another ultimatum issued or was it just the first dump followed by the second? Uh, The first dump, a notification went out saying time's up. You didn't actually shut down the websites permanently like we asked for. And therefore we're releasing information now. People had just assumed, well, that that's the mother load, but I guess they didn't have everything together yet and they then they released a whole bunch of other stuff okay so no one was expecting a secondary dump 
Uh, and the secondary dump in reality had corrupted email files and the third dump was done with the actual emails themselves in an extractable way. But I mean, that's just a little detail. Okay. So people started analyzing this data for various different motives. Some people were analyzing the information to see, is my information in this, customers of it? One interesting thing is that when people signed up for Ashley Madison, they entered it, they had the opportunity to enter in email and potentially that could have been used for sending notifications for people wanting to communicate with the person or not. But you didn't have to enter a valid email. You didn't have to use the website. Uh, you didn't have to get notifications through email. You didn't have to actually have it send emails to you. So since there was no checks and balances, you can't actually say this person's email address is in the list. Therefore, they're definitely a consumer of Ashley Madison. You know, people would slander other people by putting their email address in there. Right. So people were going through this dump and they were finding out a bunch of interesting things about it. As they started to peel back the layers of the company, they were seeing that actually the people running Ashley Madison were pretty much towing the line of what is legal and what is illegal the whole time. Allegedly, the communications showed that the previous CTO of Ashley Madison was looking at a website that was being brought up called Nerve.com that also had an adult dating component to it. And they found that it was insecure and that they could extract all the information from that site and also flip somebody from a paying customer to a non-paying customer, which changes the amount of benefit that they get from the site. Other things that were exposed were things like many of the women that were communicating to men when they were initially signing up under a free account were in fact bots. I read about that a little bit. It was quite interesting. So somebody broke down a lot of the data without delving into the personal emails. And of the women that had registered for the site, primarily of the something like 50 million users, 12,000 of them were frequently accessed accounts by women. For most of the women's accounts that were created on the site, they were created and accessed only on the first day. Um, from that, you can draw whatever speculation you want, whether it's someone who's bored one night and wants to take a look and see what is included in the site, um, someone who's just got an interest in who might be on the site, that kind of stuff. And then one of the other pieces of data that was extrapolated from people reviewing all the data was that most of the women or female accounts on the site, the largest portion of them were created by the same IP address. And from that, they decided it is most likely fake accounts and then presumably bots. Well, they also had the source code for the website itself. So they actually saw when the bots started to be created. So actually Madison.com was started in 2001, I said before. Well, the bots started, I believe, in 2008 to be created. And then these were created by Ashley Madison themselves. Yeah. Okay. Or Avid Life Media at that point. Their model of usage is kind of like a ladies night at a bar, right? Girls get in for free. Guys have to pay to get in. But it's the communication component as well. Women can communicate for free. Men have to pay 
to actually do these communications. So you get a free account, you get a whole bunch of people soliciting you to start communicating with you. But to communicate back, we have to buy a package of credits. And I believe it was $50 will get you 50 credits. And each time you communicate with somebody, it's 10 credits. That's a uh, non-sustainable business model when you have nobody communicating to other people. Right. So as a direct result, it makes an awful lot of sense that you would want to create communications between people. Right. We'll actually have some links to these articles. There's an interview with an ex-Ashley Madison employee who talks about kind of their business model and how they take advantage of people. There's uh, the people who are doing the sleuthing and noticing that there's bots where might you find such show notes, Matt? Oh, that's an excellent question, Max. I'm glad that you brought that up. You can find our show notes at in-security.org slash EP03, probably eight. Don't put in the probably. It's just EP038. Like I'm guaranteeing you they'll be there eventually. In-security.org slash EP038. Right. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome, Max. So <laughs> now you're completely derailed. On there, you'll also see uh, a court case where somebody was suing Avid Life Media because he noticed that the women profiles that were pinging him all seemed to log in at the same time at like a little after eight in the morning and they would message him and they would stay logged in the whole day and they would log in at, log off at like eight at night and they'd send him messages like, Hey, are you online? When clearly his profile showed when he was online and when he wasn't online. Just to try and get him to respond? Exactly right. Hey, I'm also a lonely single in secure proxy. <laughs> so there, there's that. Uh, and then an analysis was done on the dump itself to see what the bots, like how many of them were actually women, how much of them were actually bots. And there was... Quite a bit of bots, although not as much as they had initially thought. The bots were also known as engagers or angels. Okay. So those are the two terms they used interchangeably instead of bots. And there's a whole bunch of communications as well from the email dumps, at least in the articles that I read allegedly, that, uh, that indicate that they need to disclose the fact that there are bots because they are getting sued by people, but they don't want to outright say that this is how things are happening. So they're, they're always towing the line of legality saying, how do we announce the fact that there are test bots or, or quality assurance programs running and that uh, this is for your entertainment purposes or whatever, right? So they're trying to spin that whole, we're suckering you out of your money but we're doing it in such a way that, you know, it's for your entertainment. You're having a good time with it. But also we've put this in the terms of service now, so there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly right. I wonder how advanced these bots were. I do love that the adult industry is the driving force behind any technological advancement. We're pretty much going to get an AI, but it's going to come from some adult industry website. Right. So there's another article that I found kind of interesting, if not incredibly sleazy, uh, about people who consume the established men's service. Okay. And so they're also sent out 50 messages to the women profiles on there. And they had received 22 responses from their inquiries. 
And of those, they went on 11 dates. And of those 11 dates, apparently 10 of them, 10 of those dates sealed the deal, whatever that means. Okay. So there's also a very interesting component. I don't know, probably something that's going to get cut, but are you assuming that this is a thinly veiled online escort agency wherein eventually girls will be finding a sugar daddy? So that is the model for our that's their model, but like established men is basically sugar daddy. Right? Sugar daddy. But are you saying that the girls who they go on dates with are all sealing the deal from an escort perspective until they find their prince charming? I'm not saying she's a gold digger, but she ain't going for no broke. <laughs> is that their tagline? No. When people were looking through the uh, communications that were happening between the bots and the consumers, they were seeing trends of there's a certain level where the bots actually back off from talking. And the assumption is that at this point, somebody else takes over the communication for the bot, you know, like in some call center and, and just typing in these messages to people to keep them engaged. Okay. And then the logical extension of that is then they go and they meet up in some local hotel room for uh, a one night fling and then that's done for and somehow the money gets extracted from the the people uh maybe it's just for premium members of ashley madison or established men or whatever but you know that that's the accusation that is going around as well that essentially ashley madison and established men and avid life media's model is around hooking up people with prostitutes or or escorts or whatever you want to call them an interesting thing is that avid life media uh, actually purchased some company called arrangement finders which is an escort service and and it's under the avid life media umbrella of of conglomerates and um and they would go to you know other escort service places and actually scrape information on the the employees of that and solicit them to instead start working for uh, arrangement finders an arrangement finders tagline is intimacy with a twist but the s in twist is a dollar sign okay it's a pretty subtle twist yeah yeah blatant as all can be yeah I just want to throw in here really quickly. If it sounds like we're being really cautious with our wording, it's because we are for good reason. We want to make sure we try and get it as close to right as possible without implying things we aren't implying. Right. So you take this with, you know, the, the people that were being duped, they're falling into these, you know, pay to talk type services, that it's chatting there at the end of the day potentially finding these hookups and dishing out more money. And at the same time, Ashley Madison's running this escort service. So they, so another interesting component is once all of these email leaks came out, the Avid Life Media group uh, disassociated themselves from arrangement finders and killed the website and, you know, basically took that out of the umbrella and shut it down saying, we're not doing this anymore. Probably around the same time that Noel Biederman actually stepped down 
from running the company. So he's now no longer associated with it. The person who was the ex-CTO who apparently, uh, allegedly hacked the Nerve.com uh, other competitor online dating site, they ended up suing Krebs on security who had released the information that that was going on. Don't know it, for slander or liable or one of those things. I don't know. Just uh, just very interesting. And as you dig through the layers and you see kind of how the company operates inside of itself, you realize that it's just this whole tower of lies. Huh. So are they facing any legal issue for essentially running these things? So interestingly enough, uh, the Toronto Police Services are looking to to find the attackers of the website, the impact team, but not actually looking at anything of what Ashley Madison or Avid Life Media was doing that might be considered fraudulent activities or you know a scam or whatever. What about the? I mean, in Toronto is. Running escort agencies legit? So an escort agency in and of itself is not prostitution, right? It's it's a pay for company, somebody to talk with and go on a date with. Right. A very crafty gray area. Right. So I'm just taking a look here at this article from Time Magazine. They are talking about two Canadian law firms filing a $578 million class action lawsuit against the companies that ran Ashley Madison. This is primarily about the loss of the data. Right. Right. Uh, so, yes, uh, Avid Life Media is having a lot of lawsuits against it after the fact. Some class actions, some independent ones. People are trying to use the information that they find on BitTorrent as proof for some of these things. Who knows how much of that is real? Uh, there have been interviews with some people whose information was on there and they've lent legitimacy to the information. But it doesn't mean that all of the information is real. Right. There were credit card numbers disclosed. And some of those people were customers, but it doesn't mean that all of those people were customers. As you mentioned before, because the free account didn't require any kind of validation, you could use any credit, sorry, you could use any email address or username that you chose. Right. Sadly, there have been a couple of suicides that were linked to this. It's not 100% known or disclosed that, uh, you know, there was notes with those suicides associated with this, but the Toronto Police Services are linking a couple of Toronto suicides to this information disclosure. Oh man, so tragic. And in the US military, it is apparently against their code of ethics to have a, an extramarital affair, which can actually result in a dishonorable discharge. Dishonorable discharge from the US military, from what I understand, is quite huge. Mm-hmm. Now you you take that the leaks of somewhere between 33 and 37 million individuals worldwide, which is bad. And then you think, well, OPM breach was much worse than they originally said. And what, 30 million fingerprints were absconded. You know, the biometric signatures of people were taken out of the organization. And then there's a whole bunch of other breaches that happened. So, yeah, fun. 
Yeah. The future. Hooray. On a bright note, hockey's back on. Hockey is back on. So as good Canadians um, and also as ex-Montreal inhabitants. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we both support the Montreal Canadiens. That's safe to say, as you're wearing the jersey. It's a thing I do. They're doing great early in this season. So we have that to keep our spirits up. So do we have a takeaway from this? Do we have a takeaway from this? Yeah. It's an interesting question. Yeah. These things happened. We, we place our trust in these websites and especially something like this that claim that they're going to take your information super, super securely and privately. And they recognize even some of the leaked emails said, you know, we recognize that if this information leaks, we're going to lose the trust of people. And basically our whole business model is messed up. Finally enough, they also said that after the leaks happened, a whole bunch of people signed on. I assume so that they could see what other people, who else is on there. Right. And just kind of gain more information on, on it itself. But uh, yeah, apparently they had, uh, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of women sign up for the service. So keep in mind that anytime that you are giving any information that you are wary of, that it's, if you're putting it onto the internet, then what goes on the internet stays on the internet. Yeah, that that's basically the same with absolutely everything. I was watching uh, a Twitter battle and, you know, people were being very respectful of each other and using very safe words. And I'm like, oh, right, because this is on here forever. Yeah. So good on them and keeping that in mind and, and knowing that it's a public forum where people can see stuff. So to not lose their head and then regret something later. That's an OK takeaway. I'll I'll take that. Yeah, there was another thing that popped into my head and is now gone. Something else that was leaked. Oh, uh, right. So I do have to say that it's impressive that Ashley Madison had hashed the credentials of the of their users in such a secure manner. They used decrypt. They hashed it so many times. It's absolutely fantastic to see that. They're doing something that makes it infeasible for somebody to crack. Right? If you just look at the algorithm being used, it would take a ton of computing resources just to be able to decrypt one person's password because you'd have to keep going through and sending your, your computer to go through all of these cycles of rotating and hashing and rehashing over and over again. Slight problem in the implementation, however is that they had also taken an MD5 hash of it and stuck it beside it, and we're storing that with it too. So once people found that out, they cracked the MD5 hashes, which were able to very, very quickly, MD5 is completely broken, uh, very quickly determine what people's passwords were, find those collisions, and then, you know, hey log into the account or whatever so that's another takeaway right don't put all your eggs in a poorly stitched together basket made out of holes crypto's hard do it right good intentions bad implementation and can completely mess it all up a good collection of uh worthwhile information hey uh there's this thing 
you are supposed to do, I'm going to put it in your Google Calendar, mm -hmm. and that is to make sure that you have a great week. Oh, that's adorable, Max. I'll tell you what, you have yourself a great week, too.